I was given a safe space inside Guiding Light to do something different and to be something different, which I greatly appreciate. Hi, this is Casting Light, a podcast from the folks at Guiding Light. I am Phil Tower. It's a pleasure and honor to bring you every episode of this podcast, Stories of Recovery and Hope. And may I just take a second to talk to you about Guiding Light. A lot of people hear Guiding Light really don't know what it is. Guiding Light is a place that provides man a warm bed, hot meals, and a safe place to stay away from the hardships and the temptations of the street. Guiding Light is designed to help men find new, well-paying jobs and provide the tools, clothes, and transportation needed to be successful. We also offer men the chance to shed their addictions, embrace sobriety, and reconnect with loved ones. And amazingly, there's no cost to the people who go through this very impactful program. On average, it's about $1,400 a day to run all of the programming here at Guiding Light. That breaks down to about $100 per person per day. What's amazing about that, there's no cost to any of the men here, but that's where you, our listener, hopefully soon to be donor and supporter of this wonderful ministry at Guiding Light, that's where you come in. You can give a man a hand up versus a handout by making a secure donation anytime online at guidinglightworks.org. It's really easy, guidinglightworks.org. And I love hosting this podcast because I get to talk to amazing people. Every person is different, and I actually have a an encore conversation. This is kind of like we met a couple of years ago. We met in studio for a weekend program on the radio, and then here he is in front of me again. Uh, Dan is with me, former recovery client, now working at uh, Turning Point, which I'm going to ask you about. Dan, it's great to see you again two years later. I know. It's it, it's nice to see you. I haven't seen you in a while. Um, I probably look a lot different, probably, you know, 15 pounds of COVID, a little less hair and all that. But seriously, it's a real honor to be able to catch up with you again. A lot, I'm sure, has changed in your life in two years. You, when I first heard your story of recovery, it blew me away, but there are a lot of people listening right now to this podcast who've never heard your story, and and you, I think as I recall, had really hit a low point in your life. Take our listeners, take me back to that point in your life, if you would, please. Yeah, so, you know, I'm, I'm 29 years old right now. I had been trying to get clean and sober for for close to about seven or eight years. And, you know, my, I, I came from a family that, that was well to not really that well off, but, you know, I, I had, I have, I had advantages in the world. I had loving parents. I, I had a lot of things that a lot of people didn't. And, uh, you know, I continually found myself in the same space and the same places around the same people. And, you know, I did the whole jail thing. I did the whole rehab thing. I did the whole detox thing time and time again. And, you know, when I found myself coming to Guiding Light, I had known somebody that had come through here before. And it, for whatever reason, it stuck in my head that that's what I was going to do. So I ended up going through detox, which is actually where I work now in that facility. Um, Had to turn myself into jail before I could come to Turning Point because I had uh, absconded from probation. So I needed to take care of my legal worries before I could come in. Mm -hmm. And um, Guiding Light was the first thing that I truly committed to and that I said I was going to finish. And 
It was amazing. When I talk to people in the program now, I let them know that I was given a safe space inside Guiding Light to do something different and to be something different, which I greatly appreciate. And when you walked in the doors here, you kind of hinted that you thought this was going to be the place for you. But when did you realize at, at your journey in recovery, when did you realize this was going to finally be different? Because like you said, you've done seven, eight years as a substance abuser. So when I came in, I, I am very comfortable in clinical settings. I know what a rehab feels like. I know what a psych ward feels like. I know what a hospital feels like. Mm. I know what it's like to be taken care of. And um, I love that. Uh, I got used to those feelings of clinicians and doctors and medications. When I came into Guiding Light, I was very, very scared. And I'm usually not, I usually wasn't scared going into rehabs or situations. I remember that, you know, I didn't have anywhere else to go. And I always had a backup plan. When I came here, I didn't have a backup plan. Mm. Um, and I remember when I was speaking to, uh, the life coach that I had, Brian, is the director of the program. He was my life coach while I was here. I wanted him to tell me, you need to do A, B, and C, mm. and you'll do better, and you'll be better, and you'll be fine. And he told me, I have no idea who, like, you are your own person. You have to make those A's, B's, and C's yourself. Like, I can't, I can't live your life for you. And that was the moment that I started making decisions for myself instead of and having some agency in my life. Like it was those first few weeks that I was here that I decided to listen and then not blame everyone else. Mm. And I, it was the first time I was, I found out that I had some agency in my life, which was a very new concept to me. That's pretty powerful because you finally, which <laughs> I think there are a lot of men and women much older than you, Dan, who don't think they have to listen to people and they, you know, they're self-centered, narcissistic. That's a pretty powerful thing. But I want to go back to what uh, Brian, your life coach, told you. There are a lot of people who, you know, the self-help book industry is a billion-dollar industry. Everybody's searching for that five-step plan to make a million dollars or to be successful or to lose weight. And... What an enlightening thing to be told, no, Dan, you got to figure this out on your own. And you did it. I'm a firework person. I want big and exciting things to happen 24-7. <laughs> and I love that. I don't know, I don't know where like in my, my upbringing that someone forgot to tell me that that's not how life works. Mm. And, you know, drugs and alcohol were that, that for me too. It, yeah. it, was, it was extremes. I was extremely high. I was extremely low. And, like, I never knew how to be in that middle. And... You know, in order to get to that extreme high, I needed to take something and it would happen. And to be where I am now, like I had to really slow down and really, and trust me, I, I would have loved if someone gave me a five-step plan to be like, this is how you'll be successful. But I was given an opportunity here that it was very interesting to be in a, a safe place. I, didn't, I never felt safe in a lot of places, but. Dan is with us on this episode of Casting Light as we talk about his story of recovery. Now you are a counselor at the detox place, which is known as Turning Point? So I'm a treatment coordinator and recovery coach. So not quite the only, the major difference is counselors have a lot more letters behind their name. Yeah. They get paid yeah. a little more too. Yeah, but um. <laughs> what does that mean? You, you, you work with people in the treatment process, but also you work with them. I mean, coach 
It's a powerful word because it can mean a lot of things, but you walk with them on their journey through recovery. Can you talk a little bit? I mean, you talking about walking the walk and being able to talk the talk. When I came through Guiding Light, I've never worked in a, in a human service industry. And when I came through here, I was given the opportunity to make that choice of whether I wanted to do something different. And I was fortunate enough that I was being able to do something different. I cannot express the honor that I feel that I get to be with people in those moments. So I, the place I work, people are medically detoxing. They don't feel good. In the next few weeks, they're still not feeling good. I might get cussed at, yelled at, things thrown at, but I get to see somebody at the moments that you very rarely get to pinpoint a, a moment in time that you can see somebody make a decision, whether it be good or bad. But it's very there's not a lot of times when you can pinpoint, you can look at somebody and be like, man, they are right on the edge. Like they, you can, it, you, you can feel it in the air. Yeah. And to be able to talk with somebody and let them know that they're not alone, which if anything I've learned in the last few years is no one wants to hear anything I have to say. Everybody wants to be heard because no one ever feels like they're heard. And wow. to be able to be in a position where I get to I get to be part of these people's stories. Like the people I talk about, Brian and, you know, the case managers and, and Guiding Light and all these other places and rehabs, those those people are part of, part of my story. Regardless if I remember their names or not, they added something to my story. I get to be in a position now, either way, I don't want somebody to come through an area that I work at and not feel like they're cared for, loved for, and supported in every way that I can. And don't you have... I would assume, don't you have a bit of a different connection? And I'm not sure you relate to them that you went through recovery yourself. I mean, is that something you share as a recovery coach or you only do it when it's necessary? So one of my favorite things to happen is, so obviously this is like audio, so you can't like, I don't necessarily look like someone that had, has lived the life that I have. And maybe I should try harder. I don't, I don't know. But um, I am very open about my story. Mostly I work in an industry where I can, I can be very open about it. Mm -hmm. But I love talking about, you know, I, I have been to jail. I have been here. I have been homeless. I've lived in multiple states. I've, I've done all these things. And it kind of throws people back because some people are like, man, you've been to jail. Like you, like you were homeless, like all these things. And it reminds me that, I've come a long way yeah. and I would hope that it gives some sort of hope and support of like, you know, I am no different, better or worse than anybody else. And every single person I come in contact with in my role or not in my role professionally, I am on even ground with the world. And I like to, I try to show that with everybody that I work with that. I don't care if you're here for your first day, you're coming back to speak after six months or you've had 10 years clean and sober. Like, we're all just trying to be the best people we can be. That's pretty powerful. And what is even more so powerful is that you were able to take this journey here at Guiding Light and literally pay it forward in ways that, I mean, who knows? You may be running your own place at some point. I, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, it's funny, Dan. We're speaking with Dan here on this story of recovery and hope, casting light from Guiding Light. It's it's interesting. I heard you say, you know, I didn't look like an addict or a, you know, I mean, having had 
the opportunity and the the pleasure of of talking to a lot of people who've gone through guiding light. Everybody looked just different. I don't know if anybody looks like it a former substance abuser or an addict, or you look like you've been to jail, Dan, you know, it's, you just look like someone who's enjoying life, who feels blessed, who feels really grateful to do what you do, which is an incredible blessing. And I remember the first time I talked to you, I just, I was just saying before we turned on these microphones, I was blown away by your story. And every, every person's story that comes through Guiding Light is different. But what amazes me is that people, by the grace of God, just kind of find their way here. You heard about it through detox. Did you ever stop and think as you were going through this program, as you completed recovery, you, like you said, you came from parents with means to help you out. This was free, and it was life-changing. You ever stop and ponder that? I take great pride in being able to pay it forward when I can. And that comes down to, you know, if I can take somebody out to to lunch if I can, you know, buy somebody a bus ticket to treatment, if I can, you know, show up here to do stuff like this, you know, without people that pay it forward, the whole motion kind of stops. And, you know, I love the idea of being of service. And I love the fact that it came to, it wasn't that my parents didn't, you know, fi- financials were... <laughs> Rehab's expensive. Yeah. Um, resources can be expensive. And, you know, I, I try now to even volunteer in places that I can and donate even when I can because I know the impact that these things have. And especially in communities, Grand Rapids is good for this as well. But the more we have people that donate, the more we have people that volunteer the more we have people in communities that step up, like, look, I, I love a doctor and everything, and a doctor has a lot of information, and I need a doctor. When I get sick, I need a doctor. When mm-hmm. I need counseling, I need a therapist. But when I needed somebody to, to meet me where I was at, I needed organizations like Guiding Light and just community resources. These are the people that know where I'm at. They meet me where I'm at. And it, it has blown me away because... Trust me, I, I used up all my opportunities for financing through my parents for the all. I've been to some nice places. I remember that part of your <laughs> I remember that part of your story. I'm curious, Dan, as you are where you are today, your parents is they look at you. I mean, they they've got to be just relieved, thrilled. I don't know what word to use. To, uh, do they share their feelings with you on occasion? So my mom doesn't get 3 a.m. phone calls with me screaming on the other end anymore. <laughs> so she's pretty stoked about that. I'll bet. Um, but she also, she she's very, very grateful. My my whole family is very, very grateful. And I, I when, when she does tell me how proud she is of me, and, and, I, and I will take some acknowledgement because I've put a lot of work to get where I am. Yes, you I have. I have worked very hard to get where I am. On the side note of that, though, I would not be, have gotten here, nor would I continue to be here without the support of the community that I have. And I have a lot of people looking out for me. And I have people continually, even after years of graduating, it's weird. I'm a, I'm a Guiding Light alumni. I can actually say that too. Mm-hmm. I've, I've never completed any program before Guiding Light. But, uh, you know, I have a group of people in the world that I know support me. And yeah. I always remind my mom, like, hey, like, I know you're proud of me, but, but just so you know, I did not do this alone. And of course, she moms me up and like, no, Dan, you're good. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no. 
It's true. And someone said it takes a village. It, it takes a lot of really great, generous people and talented people here inside the program at Guiding Light to turn out success stories like Dan's. Most importantly, you as the person on the other end of this podcast with your earbuds in or wherever you are listening in your car or sitting at home listening to this conversation, which I have truly enjoyed. I hope you have. I hope you will consider stepping forward as a donor of Guiding Light. I think you can hear in my voice how much these stories mean to me. It is an incredible honor to hear them a lot for the first time. No, this story was nothing like your first story, which is great. No. <laughs> I learned so much new. And the fact that you're doing the work you're doing at Turning Point, it's amazing. I don't want to say much more, otherwise I will get emotional. You can become a part of this wonderful ministry at guidinglightworks.org, guidinglightworks.org, and hear more stories like this. We feel honored to be able to bring you these stories of recovery and hope. Dan, thank you. As always, let's do this in much less than two years again. Okay? Yeah, sounds sounds like it. Thank, thank you for coming back and doing this for Guiding Light as well. It's been an honor. He's been our guest on this episode of Casting Light Podcast Ministry from Guiding Light. <laughs>